Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. All right, here we go. It is a monster show as things continue to happen in college football. And you may have heard Tennessee's basketball team. Is pretty good. That means Ron Slay joins us on a Thursday. Josh Ward as well from WNML. I guess they're both former balls. Josh graduated from UT and Ron Slay played for UT. So two VFLs on the program as guests today. And we're going to discuss, would you take a Jim Harbaugh-like season or would you rather take a, a decade of Josh Heupel and take your chances with Harbaugh? You get that championship. He just won. Also, Tennessee is raking in the cash, and I'm not surprised. It is a huge deal, the amount of money that they are bringing in, and it can only help facilities, and it means more money is also coming in NIL because those go hand in hand. Some competition between the two, but if one's going up, I can guarantee you the other is going up. So Josh Ward, as I mentioned, will join us. We're going to discuss Tennessee's offense, why they have to be better in 2024 and how they can do so. And John Campbell cat seen working out at right tackle. He played left tackle last year. Now that would lead me to, is Tennessee going to flip their tackles like they've done the two previous years, move the left to right and open up a position for Perhaps Lance Hurd. Um, he is the LSU transfer that I'm told is down to Oklahoma and Tennessee, and Tennessee has the edge. 
I'm told that it would be very surprising if Lance Hurd did not end up a vault. I also know with Lance Hurd that he's not a social media diva, <coughs> Boo Carter, so he's a little bit tougher to read. He doesn't enjoy the recruiting process like some do so much, and I think that um, I think Tennessee ends up with Lance Hurd based off conversations I've had over the past 24 hours. I think it's just a matter of time. Um, but I also think he's very smart, and we're going to discuss this with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin either ran off a couple of former balls or they left for more money. So nowadays, kids have to be smart. I couldn't have done this at 17, but I got to have a contract in place or cash in hand before I'm coming to your school. We saw it with Jaden Rashada at Florida. There was no money there for him. So we've got a lot to get to and why Alabama boosters are delusional. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I am good, Dave. Happy Thursday. And um, just missed on an NBA parlay bet last night, but I actually still made more money than I lost yes last night. So I'm I'm a wildly successful gambler. Caleb may have a problem. The key is if you ever lose, just bet twice as much the next day and you'll always get your money back, guys. <laughs> right. Uh, that's what Norm McDonald used to say. And I was, it was funny enough, I was doing a Nashville radio station just a second ago. And instead of commercials for gambling websites, they were running a commercial for people who need help with gambling. And I thought, Caleb. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Alcohol and gambling is good for you. That's right. It doesn't say anything in the Bible about not gambling. So it's definitely not it's a sin. True. There you go. And Jesus' Today's... first miracle was turning water into wine. So there you go. Today's tough question. Why don't we will have a betting section of the show? We might do that. Uh, we'll also have our five favorite minutes. Uh, here we go. It is time for today's tough question. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you if you don't like this, it's going to hurt my feelings because I love this topic. Because I think so much of Josh Heifel. Here we go. Today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Okay. John Harbaugh. Jim. 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 John. John. Jim. I can't remember the dad's name. He's a coach, too. Jim Harbaugh. If he's the uh, head coach at your school, you're going to be pretty good. Can we agree with that? And now he's proven that he can win a national championship. So the question that is on YouTube, and please click on that. It's today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And I haven't even clicked over to the YouTube page because I'm interested to see what the response is. I give you this option, Caleb. Knowing what you know about Harbaugh, tough to deal with, violations left and right. Uh, it, it Would you rather have Jim Harbaugh and the championship, and then he's basically he spurned you for the NFL for the past four years. You had to give him a pay cut at one point. He's a jackass to work with. I think you would agree with that by all indications. He wins his championship, and he's gone to the NFL. Or would you rather take your chances with a decade of Josh Heupel? 
I ask you that question right now. It is on our YouTube page and <laughs> Smoky Mountain Red City. He misclicked. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at that as I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, first, give me your answer. What would your answer be? Would you take a decade with Josh Heupel thinking that, hey, I'm going to win a championship? Or would you take the surefire Jim Harbaugh and he's a jack wagon? Wow. So right now, Smoky Mountain Red said that uh, he accidentally uh, clicked on the wrong one. So it might be our first 100% poll. Caleb, what would you take? I'm breaking with the poll. I'm sorry, guys. I, this is my always been my thing, and I believe it in the NFL, too. You take I, – I look, let me say this up front. I actually believe Josh Heupel is going to win a championship at Tennessee. I do believe in that. I do believe in him. But I approach everything with the win now mode and I approach the sure thing over the not sure thing all the time. So while I believe Josh Heupel's going to win a championship, you're telling me I'm sure Jim Harbaugh wins a championship. You got one in your pocket. Got one in the, I'm going with Jim Harbaugh. But, going with Jim Harbaugh gone, every but, single time. But, he, but let's assume he's gone, okay, which I think he will be. Okay, fine. He's gone. I don't care. I got a championship. Let me ask you this, Dave. Bo Schimblicker is a Michigan legend, was there for 21 years. Jim Harbaugh's probably gone after eight. Who do you think's higher, held in higher esteem at Michigan? Bo Schimblicker never won a championship, but he won like seven Big Ten titles. But who do you think is held in higher esteem between the two now? I still think it's Schimblicker because I think that Harbaugh's been incredibly tough to deal with in Florida with the NFL and basically gave the middle finger to Wolverines fans. Do you not? No, it's they, he gave them a national championship. The championship outweighs everything. The national title outweighs Bo Schimblicker's 13 Big Ten titles. Bo Schimblicker won 13 Big Ten titles in 21 years and never got a national title. So Jim Harbaugh is more beloved than Bo Schimblicker for winning that national title. Championships matter. And it's win now. Football is a win now league. I said this in 2011 that the Colts would regret cutting Peyton Manning. I don't care about the prospect of Andrew Luck in the future. You take the sure thing 100% of the time. Everybody goes for the future and the long term, and they always sacrifice what could be better and sure in the moment. I am a win now person. Always go with the sure bet in the short term over the possibilities of the long term in, in football. Smoky Mountain Red says pre-NIL and portal then maybe, but with current hurdles, keep a coach around. I agree with that, and I hadn't really thought of that, Wrong. Smoky Mountain Red. Okay, you uh, Smoky Mountain Red might have uh, got me uh, a good column idea right there on the message board. Here's why I would take a decade with Hypel is I believe uh, coaching turnover can destroy a program, and I think you're going to see that at Alabama. I really believe, and I think they made the best hire they could in Kalen DeBoer, but I think you're going to, they're going to struggle mightily. So continuity matters. Tennessee hasn't had that. And let me tell you what I think about Josh Heupel and championships. Today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Best prices, service in the biz, 40 years of experience, andymasonrealestate.com in Knoxville. He's my realtor. He should be yours. I think, that if you put the over-under at a half, I'm taking the over for Josh Heupel. If you put the over-under at one and a half, I might take the over as well. So you have an opportunity to win multiple championships in this theoretical scenario, and 
you also have some continuity. I'm usually a bird in the hand guy, but I differ in this. And you have to throw in there too, Caleb, that Jim Harbaugh has done everything he can to embarrass the university. I mean, who in the world gets suspended during the season twice, right? That doesn't happen, but it happened to Jim Harbaugh. So, and so did a national championship. It did, and he's trying to get stuff written into his contract now where he can commit NCAA violations and not get fired for cause. <laughs> I mean, it's just absurd. So I, I, I'm i going to go with the decade with, with Heupel, and I can't believe I'm saying it because we all know what a championship means. We saw it in 98. It changes the way your program's viewed. But I'll take a decade with Heupel. I, I really will. I don't think it's close. I believe hypo will win a championship but i take what i know over what i believe 100 of the time and i don't compromise on that hey dave i got a question for you late on me brother how many national championships did miami win from 1979 to 1991 79 to 91 they would have won three four one with howard yeah. schnellenberger one with jimmy johnson oh, two with dennis erickson i bet you know, they never had a coach last more than six years. They had a coach for five years, a coach for five years, and a coach for six years. But Tennessee had stability under Johnny Majors. And how many national championships did Tennessee get with stability? Now, wait a second. I don't know if you've been to Powell before, but it ain't Miami-Dade County. Okay, there's a lot more talent there. <laughs> I mean, in reality, the reason Miami won those championships is because facilities across the board, across the nation – weren't fantastic so they didn't have that to overcome now they had they've had facilities to overcome for more than what two decades uh they've still done all right but um no i mean that's that's kind of apples and oranges no pun intended right or that's hurricanes oh, oranges. And oranges i get it because of miami i'm saying stability is overrated you get a coach for five florida had urban meyer for six years you think Florida would trade – you think – here's a question for you. I'm going to ask, what do you think Florida fans prefer, Dave? And this is a really good question. Do you think Florida fans prefer the six-year with Urban Meyer or the 12 with Steve Spurrier? 12. You think they prefer the 12 years with Steve Spurrier over the six with yes. Urban Meyer? Yes. Likeable guy, um, one championship. I see where you're getting at. Urban Meyer had two. Yes, I think – I believe that they enjoy that run – more so than the team of uh, felons that they have. Okay, let's say this. Hypothetically, Arizona State actually beats Ohio State in the 96 Rose Bowl, which means Florida would not have won the national championship that year. Okay, then Meyer. So Spurrier has – it'd be Meyer, right? It'd be <laughs> Meyer, wouldn't it? Yeah, then, <laughs> then, definitely, then definitely Meyer. There's, there's no question about it. Um, all right, so the uh, – I, I wanted to – Want to address that on our uh, YouTube uh, page? And again, that vote right now is overwhelmingly uh, ten years of uh, Hypel and chance it or Harbaugh, and he has the one season. So uh, we we have a surprise guest. No, uh, oh, no, he's gone. All right, Ron Slay clicked on, and then he realized that it was later in the program. So Ron Slay will join us in hour number two. Did you see him pop up, in a row, man? Did you see him pop up? I think he was just making sure that he could get in. 
I think he was just <laughs> testing it. He was beta testing it, guys. Okay, I heard the bleep, and I'm like, I wonder who is coming in. Uh, you, you will never wonder about the quality of uh, the ingredients in uh, your your hemp with your uh, if you go to Hemp House. I go to the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with two Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with two Ts.com. Absolutely love them. That is the Hemp House. Uh, use the promo code hooked and get a 10% discount. The promo code hooked and get a 10% discount. And this just in, Tennessee has an absolute ton of money, over a $200 million budget. Give me some of the numbers that absolutely blew me away when Tennessee released that yesterday. Yes, so Tennessee set an athletic revenue record for the 2022-2023 academic school year. The Vols made over had over 202 million dollars in operating revenue which is, this is part of Danny White's I think it's his 500 million dollar goal right and it comes from 500 million dollars as a budget he has I think it's a 500 million dollar over like three years to be fair so like or two oh, okay. years or something like that but it's a raise 500 million but they 13 percent which is by the way a pretty big number came from ticket sales alone 35.1 or 39.7 million um in 2022-23 contributions um were 62.2 million in 2022 and 2023 uh concessions and parking there was a 12.2 million dollar increase and royalties licensing and sponsorships there was a 23.9 million dollar increase that was all just in 2022-2023 and it, yeah it's part of the rise glorious five-year strategy plan um, that he wants to basically have an annual operating budget of over 200 million uh, eventually. And Tennessee is ahead of its goal doing that. Um, I think this is just further proof that, guys, I've told you this for a while. I didn't say Josh Hyper was a home run hire. I never said that. I, I'm not going to pretend I saw that coming. I thought it could work out. But the reason I believed in it is because I did say when Danny White was hired as athletic director, I said that's the most home run hire of all time. He's the best athletic director in all of college athletics. There's not a close second, quite honestly. And wow. when you're dealing That's when you're strong. dealing with That's pretty strong, who would you even have a second? I don't know. I, I don't know who I, I don't even know where I could go, honestly. Um, I mean, I think Greg Bird is a pretty good one at Alabama. I give him some credit. I can't blame I him for the like Nate notes. I, I don't like the way he handled basketball last year or this year. Okay, I could see that. Um that's fair. Um, but I mean, who else is there? I mean, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody even close. Maybe, you know, you because here's the thing. Sometimes you can give an how athletic Southern, director. Credit. Southern California. Just I don't know who it is, but they were able. They're to already Lincoln regretting Riley. the Lincoln Riley hire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm you trying. Know, I, I'm reaching for you. I don't think there's a close second. I really don't. I mean, I can't go the Michigan athletic director with Jawan Howard and then Jim Harbaugh. You're right. Is just playing him for a for a fiddle the whole time. Um. I mean, I if you look at what Tennessee Athletics is doing and where they were when Danny White took over, this is Tennessee. I'm going to say it. Okay, maybe LSU. LSU. What's his, is it? Scott Woodard. Woodward, or is that the previous athletic director? Mm, um, I'm not sure, but everybody knows you. He like probably. LSU. Sorry. 
No, I'm not okay, sure, wait. but everybody knows you like LSU. LSU, the athletic director, he hired the he hired Kim Mulkey, won a national title. He hired the baseball coach who won a national title, and he got Brian Kelly there. I mean, that's a pretty good trifecta of hires, isn't it? Agreed. But as you said, and you said Danny White's the best best athletic director in the nation. Look at Tennessee's baseball program. As as much as the Lady Vols have struggled, they are still relevant. Um, and football continues to get better, even though it took a bit of a step back last year. Um, you, you think that it's going to be fantastic in the coming years. So, and, and uh, Tennessee was first in the Directors Cup. So, if I'm Danny White in the SEC, the, in the SEC uh, Danny White said, uh, "Danny White is a rock star and flexing this morning." Smoky Mountain Red said that. Um, yeah, I'm flexing my agent uh, to get a bigger contract. Let's talk about what this means on the larger scale too. Because Jimmy's talked about this the other day. He wants a salary cap for NIL. I don't think there's any possible way that a salary cap will hold up in court. I'm just going to be honest. If the, There's no I, way that it – yeah. I think Jimmy so, would agree with you on that too. Right. Here's – in the age of NIL, here's who's going to take a hit with salary more than anybody else, Dave. You ready? You know who's going to take a hit? I'm ready. Coaches. Their salary is where the sacrifice is going to be made. Because what you're going to enter into is a Moneyball era of coaches, like Moneyball and baseball with the Oakland A's and Billy Bean in 2003. Mm -hmm. You're going to enter that for coaches. There is going to be schools that would rather spend money on NIL to get players, but they don't want to. But they want to keep up their facilities too. Where do you cut the money for the coaches? So what you have to do is you have to identify coaches that no one else has identified and hire them before they're even that before they're that much in demand. Danny White has already done that with Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel was not in demand when Danny White hired him. He's going to have to do that with the Lady Vols probably pretty soon because I, I, like you and I both agree, Kelly Harper's a dead person walking at this point. Um, well, I think that what he did with Heupel was smart. I think he paid him on the front end and got him locked in and knew that Tennessee could take a bit of a step back in 2023, so you're comfortable moving forward. Now, there, there will be an extension for, uh, I'm, I'm told, for Josh Heupel coming up because you want to keep five years on the contract to tell a prospect that, hey, you, you're going to, I'm going to be here for the next five years and your entire career. But I don't think you have to give him a raise based off an eight and four regular season or nine and four complete season. No. And where I was getting with this was because of that revenue, Danny White's not going to have to play money ball as much as other schools will with coaches because the NIL is going to be there. And because here's the thing we talked about the A's played money ball. But the Yankees and Red Sox didn't have to play Moneyball. Okay, so it, playing Moneyball is smart if you have to, but you'd rather be in a position where you don't have to. And now Danny White can pay Josh Heupel. He could play a little Moneyball with the hiring the women's basketball coach, but with this revenue, Tennessee's got enough. Look, money matters way more. Revenue matters way more now than it did 10 years ago. I think we can all agree on that. So you can legitimately put up money to upgrade facilities and get good coaches, and have enough for the boosters to pay the players at this point. And that's why the revenue, direct revenue, matters so much. So Danny White deserves a ton of credit for this. And I look, he's he's a genius on revenue. His, his moves is what got UCF into the Big 12 as a Power 5 conference team. And Danny White is, Tennessee should be lucky to have him because I think more than, as, as, as important as hires are, money Get raising money matters more than ever 
for an athletic director. Finding ways to generate revenue is actually more important now than the right hires, quite honestly. Yep. Uh, fair point. Um, I think that Danny White has, has done a fantastic job. I think we also have underestimated and listen, I don't think they should change the name. I think it should be Thompson Bowling Arena, but it's going to be the Food City Entertainment dis- District. I wouldn't underestimate what that's going to do for recruiting for Tennessee because that thing's going to be pretty awesome. And that thing doesn't get done with your average athletic director. Would you agree on that? Not even close. You're right. Average athletic director is not pulling that off at all. And Danny White, look, this is, I'm, I'm going to come. Danny White understands something that many Tennessee athletic directors did not understand and that many athletic directors and boosters did not understand, which is that you fall behind when you cling to tradition and you have to stay ahead of the curve. And Danny White, as much as I did not like the Thompson Bowling Arena change to Food City either, it's an era of money's driving athletic departments more than ever because of NIL. And they have to find ways to raise money without getting it from the boosters now because they want the boosters to throw the money at the players. This was a way to do it. All righty, Josh Ward in exactly two minutes, and he's going to tell us how Tennessee's offense gets better based off a column he wrote for Off the Hook Sports. Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Off the Hook Sports. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, let's get right into it. Tennessee's offense has to be better than last year. Can we all agree on that? Would you agree with that, Caleb? Yes, it absolutely has to be better than last year. Yes, and I think it will be. We're going to discuss why. Also, we're going to get uh, Josh Ward's thoughts 
on Lance Hurd and what he's heard. I think it's Tennessee, but we we shall discuss that. Uh, did you like that? You just have to listen to Hurd's announcement. How about that, Captain of Puns there, Josh? I heard what you did, and uh, it's an easy one. The The second try with listen, that's forcing it in there a little bit, but that's yeah, okay. I, thought that, that's I actually okay. thought that one was better than the first one. Well, confidence is also important, so confidence in your jokes I think is good. <laughs> or like Norm MacDonald having the willingness to let them fail miserably. <laughs> Which, which uh, I obviously do. That's right. Uh, we have to let our children learn to fail, and we have to let our friends, colleagues, whomever, do the same when it comes to whatever they are attempting. Caleb, do we have time for me to do a quick, uh, just, it's about a 12-minute Norm McDonald joke. Is that okay? A 12-minute Norm McDonald joke? <laughs> we won't do that. Uh, hit the like and subscribe button. Let's get to it right now. Josh's appearance is brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. It is time for four downs, and four downs is right now. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. How does Tennessee's offense get better? And I think Nico is a big answer to that, but there's more than that as uh, we go ahead and get rolling. So we're going to hop in the uh, hot tub at Dynasty Pools and Spas with uh, Cooper Mays. Coop? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All right, Josh, here we go. First down brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Coop here. First down. All right, so there's a couple of different ways that Tennessee can get better. You rolled a column about this. If you had to pick... One key player, not named Nico. Who would it be? The key player, and it can even be an incoming guy. It could be a herd. It could be whoever you think. But who's the key player that needs to take a major step up for the balls to be better offensively in 2024? I ask you first, and then Caleb, let me get your thoughts. I'll choose a combination, which is cheating a little bit, but I'll say Hurd and whoever's starting at left guard because I think there's a very good chance Lance Hurd is Tennessee starting left tackle. So the guy next to him at left guard on the left side of Cooper Mays I think is going to be a big deal, and that's because Tennessee's running game is going to be so important. Protecting Nico is going to be so important, and what Tennessee has on the left side of the offensive line is going to play a huge role in that especially with the left guard position being an unknown. So whichever guy they figure out is the best option there at left guard between, let's assume, Lance Hurd and Cooper Mays is a big deal. All right, Caleb? I mean, Josh kind of stole mine because I was just going to say left tackle and left guard, and I, I kind of hate to fully agree with Josh, but he's absolutely right. And, it, it, I mean, that's bold to say Lance Hurd, but even if – not they got to find somebody behind to do it and left guard to me is a big big question because that was a problem for Tennessee on the offensive line all of this year was left guard this past year they you know they tried Andre Carrick homeboy can't play sorry um they tried Ollie Lane veteran thanks but no thanks um I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful guys but Jerome Carvin was severely missed in 2023 severely missed 
you have to say no disrespect before providing just, the disre- disrespectful commentary. It's <laughs> null and void if you do that after the fact, just to clear things up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No offense, but don't take this the wrong way, but you have to start There's it a- out the way. So ba- <laughs> this was like a big debate. There was a rapper from Memphis. Y- there, y'all, you probably know him, Josh. Yo Gotti, who has a, had a song before he got big called After I Make <laughs> Your Woman, I'm Going to Tell You About It. But we all debated a real man would tell him before he makes love to his woman. <laughs> uh, that is total bullshit. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? Uh, that's an area where you definitely have to be careful. So whatever the proper <laughs> protocol is, I would make sure to follow it in that regard. Well, I guess we can call <laughs> and ask Michael Jordan's son what the proper protocol is. since he's... That, one's, that one's been broken. <laughs> Yes, that one is <laughs> broken. All right, what down are we now, Coop? Cooper Mays here, second down. Oh, by the way, I was going to go Brew McCoy just from a health standpoint. I'm not questioning his play, but he needs to be 100%. So I'll be different, and I'll go Brew McCoy, um, which I think you will be healthy from all indications. All right, so uh, second down is this, uh, and I think you guys just answered it. What is the key unit that needs uh, to step up? So is it just the offensive line for both of you guys? That's definitely the starting point in the conversation for me. Wide receiver needs to be improved. There was a clear step back from 2022 to 23. So what Brew McCoy is able to do coming back from injury, what kind of impact Chris Brazel is able to make, and then the development of other players and or the arrival of the talented freshmen, what they're able to do is going to have a huge part of what this offense is able to become in 2024 too. Um. I can't, I'm, you know, I'm a trenches guy. Josh has known me for what, 20 years, Josh? Um, I'm a trenches guy, but I'm going to take wide receivers if I had to choose between the two to take a major step forward, and that would help Tennessee's offense the most. Caleb? All right, I'm, I I, I can't agree with you guys about receiver because I, I just think they're naturally going to take a step forward because of who they've added and the health and everybody in the locker room. I, I think it is offensive line, but I'm going to give you guys a close second. And y'all are going to be shocked by this, but I'm actually going to say running backs. And the reason I'm going to say running backs is because, look, Dylan Sampson is a is a budding star. They want to be able to get him on the field, but he's got to step it up pass blocking because I don't care how good the offensive line blocks. If Dylan Sampson is uh, is is, a, is playing like complete air out there, Nico's going to get hit every time, and they can't use Dylan Sampson the way they want to until he actually learns to pick up a blitz. Josh, along those lines, I know you really like Cam Selden, right? I love his physical talent. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, l- let's see how he develops as a runner. He has a lot to learn. I think that showed in the bowl game, but he also has a lot to work with from a size uh, and skill set standpoint. So there's a ton of potential there. And Caleb's not wrong. I-, I viewed it as how Tennessee performed in 2023 and where they need to be better. I don't expect Tennessee's running back room to be better than what it was this past year. I expect some kind of step back because they're having to replace Jalen Wright. But you mentioned my column, and we can we can talk about details there if you want to, but there are areas where the running game has to be better. Are the running backs themselves better? I have a hard time believing that, losing Jalen Wright. But they could, they could match from a personnel standpoint because of the potential of somebody like Selden and Samson's ability to improve, which – Caleb's correct, needs to in his overall game. Uh, the room itself, I don't think, goes into 2024 more impressive than what Tennessee had from a personnel standpoint this past fall. Hey, along those lines, I'm going to sidestep. So this is second and a half down if you don't care. Would, and, and, and nowadays, would you rather be great 
at running back, which a lot of guys can fill those positions nowadays, and the game has changed to where it's very de-emphasized, or would you rather be great at punter? I know what Caleb's going to say because Ellie doesn't believe in punting. But uh, I'm going to ask Josh first. I'll tell you, Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. All spas include delivery, cover, setups, chemicals, no extras to buy. Don't be fooled by big box store chemicals. You can order on them online at DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. They use fillers, not Dynasty Pools and Spas, right there in Athens with that showroom mentioned off the hook, and you get $500 off your spa. Would you rather have an elite punter or an elite running back, Josh? Running back. <laughs> Not even a question. No, I, I, I have I have a great amount of respect for the kicking game, uh, all aspects of it. But no, I'd, I'd much rather be elite at running back, the guy that's going to touch the ball 15 <laughs> to 25 times in a game. And... <laughs> Have you, ever been midway, have you ever been midway through a commercial read, Josh, and thought to yourself, that question that I asked Josh is stupid. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I play a little devil's advocate for one second, even though I don't like punting? 2003, Tennessee-Miami. Would you have replaced Dustin Colquitt for any running back in Tennessee history in that game? Uh, I don't know, Josh. You go first. I'm... So does that mean I no longer have a punter, or do I still have a punter? Like, no, you just snap it back to air. <laughs> you have a punter, but you don't have Dustin Colquitt. I love Dustin Colquitt. He is he, he is an all-time ball. He went to Farragut Middle School. He is uh, a guy that spent close to two decades in the NFL. He's got a ring, but I'd still, I'd still replace him with another one of the many fine punters that Tennessee's had Britain could step into his role I, you know shout out to Britain who had a great NFL career uh so not a great I don't, really, I don't even I don't even know what question I'm answering I would I would value Wait. the the elite running back over a high level punter. Josh this is all this is all this this that game though do you think <laughs> you replace Dustin Colquitt there is virtually a hundred percent chance you don't get that punt that Sean Taylor fumbles which is the greatest punt in the history of college football Greatest and Tennessee, by the way, by the way, Tennessee loses to Miami if Sean Taylor doesn't fumble that punt. They would have gone down and scored and won. Most magnificent punt in the history of college football. Do honestly, what do you if, if if Sean Taylor doesn't fumble that punt, does Miami go down and score and win? What do y'all think? Uh, honest question. I think they do. I, I there, honestly Caleb, have to go I think about it. Has, has Patrick Mahomes ever played a game where he didn't play well? It was low scoring, and they had a good punt in the game. You're not dropping Patrick Mahomes for a punter. So what are we talking about here? It's no, it's Tennessee beat Miami solely because of Dustin Colquitt. That was the he single handedly won that game, and you guys are forgetting that it was a ten to six game. Miami was significantly more talented than Tennessee. Tennessee wasn't in Miami's class on talent in that game, and I Dustin Colquitt won the game. I shouldn't have veered off bad. I feel like Caleb's arguing with himself. No, so, what's wrong? <laughs> so that you're, game, you're, you're kicking off Cedric Houston from the team. What are we? What are we doing? Yes, in 03? yes, they played, yes. I, if, I think they played games before the Miami game, and I think they played after. I, if I'm not mistaken, they played a full schedule. Not. Just I said for that game, game that game specifically. You okay. you replace Dustin Colquitt with Britain, and you start Jamal Lewis. You lose that game. I don't know I if that's true because good. Jamal, Jamal, Jamal might have he might have busted off a an eighty yard touchdown run. How do you know that that's not true? Plus, not Britain against was awesome. Miami's defense. Britain spent no, a decade in the NFL. What are we talking about right now? <laughs> okay, he did not save that punt. All right, third down. Britain was the punter on a Super Bowl winning team. 
All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. <laughs> Wait, there's a third down. There's a third down. You forgot third down because of all that. Wait. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. <laughs> Third down. Cooper right. sounds so Dave's excited. just so motivated fourth down so we can we can punt on this segment. I mean, this is <laughs> no, no that Caleb can pass on punting. Um, if you had to pick Tennessee's three wide receivers right now, because we know that they like to settle on three and play three, who would they be, Josh? Right now, I would say Chris Brazel, Squirrel White, Brew McCoy. That of course assumes health with Brew coming back from injury. We haven't seen Brazel on the field with Tennessee yet, but those would be my three right now. Why would you go Brazel above Mike Matthews, just out of curiosity? He's more proven in college, which Mike Matthews has not played in yet, and Matthews is going to be a freshman, and I need to see a freshman get that kind of opportunity ahead of a transfer who's been brought in to play right away. Okay. Caleb, thoughts? Um, I Obviously, I Bill McCoy – Personally. Yeah, I mean, I I think Josh nailed it, too. I, I'm going to go out on a limb because I saw enough of him before he got hurt at the end of the year that I think I misjudged Dante Thornton. And I think fully healthy all season to kind of get back into rhythm. I think Dante Thornton will occupy that that uh, other wideout spot ahead of Chris Brazel and then scroll light in the slot. Well, jo- that's coming a long way, Josh, because at one point, Caleb said Dante Thornton is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did call him a disgrace. I did call him a disgrace. I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Well, well, you know, Thornton came in and he was given an opportunity right away without much challenge coming from Morgan, right? They raved about his talent, his athleticism. Nobody's questioning his athleticism, but it did not work out for him playing inside. He made some more plays on the outside. His only touchdown of the season came on the injury that he suffered. So he was starting to come on. I would have liked to have seen how he could have finished out the season. Thornton will be a part of the competition, but he does have to compete more legitimately this year, I think, for a spot with somebody like Brazel coming in with a talented freshman. Nimrod and Webb got more playing time, more experience. Let, let's give them a chance to develop because two years ago, nobody thought Jalen Hyatt was going to go from a guy they couldn't count on to winning the Bolitnikoff Award. So there will be a chance for development. Another guy we're maybe counting out is, does the coaching staff look at Jackson Ross as a player that should be considered in the mix as well? He's already proven what he can do as a punter. We know the value there. So I'd give him a look on the outside as well with the ability to, to use both legs. Did you know he can, yeah, he can line up with his left or right foot forward? Yeah, so yeah, he can probably play uh, both sides of the field. I'm, I'm not sure that they have that same level of confidence in all the other receivers. Okay. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right. Uh, the offensive line. Um, so I want to get into herd, but not quite yet. I want to. I want to get your thoughts uh, on the the other four positions. If herd's not a factor, do you feel good about those guys? Great about those guys, or okay about those guys? Let's leave herd out of the conversation. He's not committed yet. So, what do you think about those guys as it stands? Right this second. Feel great about having Cooper Mays back at center. I would say good to great about Javante Spragans, a right guard. Okay to good about John Campbell Jr., left or right. Left guard, concerned. And then we haven't gotten to the fifth spot because of Hurd. So as a group, I would say I feel I feel solid about what Tennessee has on the offensive line. That's before we get to depth, which is a real concern 
I think, right now. And like I said, with some of the young wide receivers or less experienced wide receivers, let's see if some of these offensive linemen develop and there's more confidence in the summer. But right now, behind three or four guys, I don't sense much confidence yet. All right. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, I'm I'm with Josh. Um, I do think there's going to be some development. I just can't see either Aiden Bustle or Vison Lang. Um, I can't see one of those guys not kind of emerging. But I, I think I think Josh Heupel's recruited a lot of bodies on the offensive line just to see who emerges. And he's he, the fact that they didn't enter the portal lot this all season, I think, is actually a good sign that they're confident in at least one of them kind of stepping up and occupying that left guard role. Um, because we know he, I, I'm pretty sure Hypel just showed Addison Nichols' door was just like get out, <laughs> and so um, Jackson Ross would have been a bit tougher left guard than Addison Nichols. Just Hell so yeah. you guys know, Jackson Ross, um, man, he can play anywhere. Those Australian <laughs> rugby players, man, they're tough. So I mean, it's Heisman time for Jackson Ross. <laughs> uh, all right, Josh, let me uh, let me ask you this: uh, What are you hearing on Lance Hurd? Because that's what everybody is curious about and everybody's excited about and i don't know why my light just got a lot brighter lance Hurd, what do you think i i think he's going to be at tennessee i haven't heard of any other school being in the mix so unless something falls through with whatever is being discussed behind the scenes for him to be at tennessee i think he'll play for the balls this upcoming fall ole miss was mentioned early on not aware that he ever visited Oklahoma doesn't appear to be in the mix at this point. So unless there's a late suitor that comes in and gets him to reconsider or change his mind, I think Lance Hurd is going to play at Tennessee. I I was told about 70-30 that Oklahoma was a player, but, I mean, every, everybody has some, some different information. What, if, if it's so Tennessee, as you and I both believe it is to a different extent, mm-hmm. why not now? Why not? Why hasn't he done it? Well, that's why I don't think we can say 100% Tennessee, because until something's done, whatever has to be taken care of, if it's related to name, image, likeness, agreements, I don't know. Uh, that stuff is done in private. He's also been a private guy. He's he's not a social media player. He's not He's not posting. He's not providing some kind of updates that make you wonder. It's funny that the silence is what makes people wonder, which is often what I think fans want because they see players that are active on social media, posting cryptic messages, and that makes you wonder. So the fact that he hasn't done anything publicly, I think has caused concern when a lot of times that can be a good thing. But I've yet to hear anything other than Tennessee for Lance Hurd in the last seven or eight days. Now, Caleb Drew, who uh, covers recruiting for us, said the same thing he said he he hasn't heard sorry he hasn't heard anything but uh tennessee um caleb i want i want you to address this as well but josh let me ask you for a transfer portal class that lacks a little luster because they had to pay current players and i think they overspent last year my opinion what would herd mean to this class the transfer class the entire class how big of a, a, a pickup would that be I think it would be probably the most important piece. We talked about where Tennessee needs to be better from 23 to 24. Well, if that's on the offensive line, getting a guy that can play either tackle spot, but I think the anticipation is left tackle. Speaking of social media, John Campbell Jr. is posting workout videos showing him lining up on the the right side in his stance. 
So that could indicate, okay, preparing for that side so that Lance can come in and play on the left side. That is some speculation, but that's also been some of the talk behind the scenes. But also, it's not just her being able to provide some help for this year. He has multiple years of eligibility. Tennessee has, to this point, not been able to help find help on the offensive line through recruiting. Well, this would be adding a player from the 23 class who would be able to help right away and start for the next couple of years. And if he reaches his potential, that's it. He's off to the NFL. But it would help fill that hole that just continues to exist because nobody has proven himself yet as a high school recruit for Josh Heupel's staff. So you can improve the offensive line for this year. You raise the potential based on his talent as a five-star guy a year ago, and you get multiple years of service. So there are a number of boxes that you're checking off if you're able to add Lance Hurd. Yeah, and, and Caleb, along those lines, to beat everybody else in the country and take a guy from LSU is a pretty big statement regardless of the player, right? So I want to... I think it's pretty clear Lance Hurd is going to Tennessee because of the John Campbell working out at right tackle. That's actually kind of what spurred Dave and I talking about this this morning, Josh, funny enough, because either they found an option at left tackle that we don't know about or Lance Hurd is committing to Tennessee. But no, I don't think it's as big as you guys think. And I'm just going to tell you guys something that I'm going to go out. I said this two weeks ago and I said I wouldn't change if he committed to Tennessee. I think Lance Hurd is more of a diva than people want to let on. The guy left LSU because he didn't want to play anything but left tackle. And now he's going to Tennessee because he wants to specifically play left tackle. I believe Tennessee's opening up the NIL checkbook. I believe this is the type of thing that creates friction in the locker room. It's exactly what derailed Texas A&M. And honestly, it's funny. He's quiet on social media. I think we mistake social media um, presence with being a bit of a diva and lack of leadership and lack of intangibles. Cause Boo Carter, everybody tried to pretend that Boo Carter was posting some cryptic stuff every time he was on social media. No, he was just promoting Tennessee the whole time. And Boo Carter seems like a great leader in the locker room. I'm sorry. There's some, I said it when I didn't think he was going to Tennessee. So I kind of have to be consistent now that I think he is going to Tennessee. I think Lance Hurd's going to cause more trouble than, than just filling a void quite honestly. Well, I, I would disagree with that because I've seen guys come through the transfer portal. And Josh, I think the one with the one great thing that Tennessee has in recruiting that is hard to replicate is their culture. So if Hurd comes in and he's a malcontent, I think he's going to be booted pretty quick or he's going to adjust when he realizes that everybody around him has his best interest at heart. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, maybe it doesn't work out. He has to prove himself. He's not been an SEC starter, so he is an unproven player coming in. We are talking about potential with Hurd. So could there be problems? Sure, but this is just how it goes. I mean, players want money. If they are in demand, they want money. That's that's how it goes for all these schools that are recruiting at this kind of level for Tennessee. That goes for guys that are available or guys that are thinking, do I stay or do I go? I mean, Tennessee has guys on the roster that could have gone elsewhere, but they wanted more money and it was given to them so that they would stay. And that that's not a Tennessee thing. That's college football 23, 24 and beyond. So um, that that's a possibility, Caleb, for sure. But I don't I don't have anything to point to to say that that's going to happen. Dave, you asked for this class. You know, is he the biggest piece? How would he factor in? I mean, I'm who who is more important for Tennessee for the offense in 2024, I think Lance Hurd is more important than getting 
Chris Brazel. And I think highly of Chris Brazel and his potential and what he could be. But if they don't get hurt, what are they doing? Well, no, what, is, I think what, he's... what is the option? Maybe they go find somebody else, but Diego Pounds didn't visit from North Carolina, so that's not the answer. Uh, Gerald Mincy left. Obviously, he's not the answer. So they got to have somebody at tackle, left or right. They they got to have somebody, and with multiple years, I mean, at some point, it's up to the coaching staff to identify the right guys for the roster and to have the culture. If Cooper were gone and Spragans were gone and Amari Thomas were gone, I would have more concern about where's your your culture from 22 to three to four, but they have so many guys that it's, it's their responsibility. So if they don't get it worked out, I think it's more about the people that are already in Knoxville than it is Lance Hurd. No, that's fair. Let me ask you, you guys both. Um, and I'm going to go with Hurd as well, that he would be the most significant one because he can play right away. That trumps high school like Matthews or any of the other uh, highly rated guys, Merkling or any of those other guys. So I think he's and Merkling plays quarterback. So that's, that's a key position, obviously, but, uh, if if Hurd's number one in this class, as far as most important, when it's all said and done, signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm just curious who's who's number two. I mean, who's who's number two that Tennessee should should crow the most about? Is it is it Brazel, as you would say, Josh, or is it Matthews because you get more out of him? Thoughts? Oh, sorry. So we're not just talking transfers. We're talking about high schoolers coming in as well. Yes. Um, so you get a longer impact, but uh-huh. you don't get an immediate impact. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it's Matthews, maybe it's Jordan Ross. Ross has incredible potential. What he's able to do immediately is a question, but it would be for Matthews as well. Uh, I, I think an underrated guy in this conversation would be Jermaud McCoy. I think he has the physical makeup to fit in with what Tennessee needs as a corner playing in the SEC. Again, multiple years of eligibility. He has proven that he can play at the Power 5 level. He was at Oregon State, but we're not scoffing at the Pac-12 right now based on the offensive play out there this past season, right? So uh, I don't know if McCoy is number two, but from a from the transfer class, he could be. He could be number one. Uh, from a need standpoint, they, they had to go get some help at corner. So McCoy can come in and play right away at a position that Tennessee has to replace a bunch of guys. So I would not overlook him. But Jordan Ross has as much potential of anybody that is coming into Tennessee's 2024 roster. I'll give yeah, you my I answer. Agree. I'll give you my answer because I think he's, I think he's going to start if he, if he lives up to his billing. But I'll do it via a knock knock joke. How's that? Okay. What's okay, Josh? Knock knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo hoo. Don't cry, Josh. Boo Carter's going to be a great player. <laughs> okay. Dave, I was with you. I'm actually kind of y'all both took mine. <laughs> Because I was leaning Boo Carter or Jamal McCoy. Because I actually agree with you, Josh. Jamal McCoy coming to Oregon State. I had um I always have red flags about Power Five transfers unless the coach is fired or the Power Five school's relegated. And Oregon State's about to be relegated. They're barely Power Five now because of what happened, and their coach left. Um, but just to be a little avant garde, I'll throw in Jacoby Thomas from MTSU because the safety coming in, I think he's going to fill the other safety void across Boo Carter, who's going to start. But we are underrating, like, what's more important this year? If, if, if they get Lance Hurd, here's a quick question. What's more important, the players they got returning or the transfer? Or what, What's a bigger impact on the program? The players that they were able to keep coming back for 2024 or the players they got through the transfer portal? What was a bigger impact on the Vols? I think it's clearly the dudes that they kept, right, Josh? <laughs> yeah, because Cooper's so important at center for a young quarterback coming in, plus he's really good. Uh, Omar Norman Lott and Amari Thomas are 
potential NFL guys. So to have them back, if they were gone, I don't know what they're doing on the interior. That's still a big question for 2025. Uh, so yeah, the guys coming back to me is still the the biggest deal. But yeah, if, if all those guys had moved on as was anticipated three or four months ago, that also would have affected what Tennessee would have done in the transfer portal because they would have had greater needs. They would have had more resources available. They weren't being allocated to the guys coming back. But as it stands, I think the guys coming back would be more important. Yeah, I agree. I, it's um, it it's the guys coming back. Um, very similar to how um, when a Nickelback needed a lead guitarist, they decided to just promote Ryan Peak from within, and that's why they're the greatest rock band of the two thousands. Nickelback is the crappiest <laughs> band that's ever been. Josh, anything else, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on Nickelback? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Great band, love them. Yeah, Caleb reminded me of the 03 Miami game, and I do have respect for that. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, all right, Josh, great stuff. We'll talk to you soon. You can listen to him from noon to three on the Sports Animal in Knoxville and then in the Tri-Cities as well. What do they call it, the Sports Monster? Sports Monster up in the Tri-Cities. That's right, AM640. There you go. He's a monster. He's an animal. He's Josh Ward. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, guys. Josh Ward joins us uh, each and every Thursday. We certainly appreciate that. Um, Dave, would you rather listen to Nickelback or the Princess of Punk, Avril Lavigne? They're like two of the greatest of all time. Neither. It's not good music. Um, it's amazing music. I, I, so the, the Campbell lining up at right tackle thing, isn't there a chance he was going to do that regardless of her standing because they've done it the past two years? Should Should we be wary of reading too much into that? No, I think that, I mean, maybe, but I mean, I guess you, I get, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I think there is a philosophy now that you put your best tackle at right tackle. And I think that's kind of developing in, in football because I think, and I, I, th I, I saw this a lot with Jeremy Pruitt and Nick Saban was doing this towards the end of his career with Will Anderson. Did you ever notice they were putting their best edge rushers, not on the blind side, but on the other side, because they realized that you can, you can disrupt slant patterns if you have the edge rusher going, you know, rushing the quarterback in front of him from behind him rather than behind him. And I think it's more important rather than just getting the sacks. I think nowadays, and Dave, you tell me how common this was back in the day. I think it's more important to cloud a quarterback's vision as that's as important as it is to sack the quarterback because the slant patterns are always going to be there. You just have to make sure he doesn't see them. No, that's fair. I, the, I think that, um, I think that based off history, I'm not placing as much uh, on Campbell moving to right tackle and showcasing himself in that position on social media as I am the people I've talked to based off heard. I mean, I think there's a good chance that that's just the way uh, Josh Heupel likes to do things, move him to right tackle because he's done it for the past two years. So I don't place as much of an emphasis on that as, as some people have. But I still think Tennessee – ends up with herd i would be very surprised if if that's not the case um avril levine what is wrong with you all right so uh it's coming so up he was a skater boy yeah, so, so she said horrible. see you later boy Just he wasn't horrible. good enough jewelry design they want to be your jeweler not your singer looking for affordable game day jewelry <laughs> how about the fire opals a tennessee tradition check out rickterryjewelry.com rick terry jewelry.com we certainly appreciate that and support our sponsors that is why we're here 
very, very important. I remind you that Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Mention off the hook and you get $500 off. And that includes all accessories, delivery, and the whole nine yards. It is truly awesome. Lane Kiffin's got himself a mess in Oxford. We discussed that next. Um, and one way or another, he either can't pay players or is not going to pay players that he promised. And I will tell you uh, what I a little bit more about what I heard about uh, the Tyler Barron situation, why he left in, in the first place. So stay tuned. Two minutes. Caleb Calhoun, Dave Hooker, Off the Oak Sports. Sun, sand, and saltwater, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. I'm not sure he would believe it because he's very self-confident, but I think Lane Kiffin's got himself in a little bit of a mess here. And I'm not exactly sure, based off some things I've heard since my column posted questioning whether or not he could afford uh, guys like Tyler Barron that transferred to Ole Miss and then flipped to Louisville, whether he could afford them. Um, since I've talked to some people who said, maybe it's not that, maybe he's running those guys off because he thinks he can get some Alabama guys. Well, sure enough, he's tweeting that he's at the University of Alabama because this just in, uh, Lane likes to tweet. That's hot. Okay, so let's go ahead and go, what the H, what the H right now? And it's uh, brought to you by our good friend Don Self. What the what was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. 
Don Self is your State Farm agent. I'll tell you more right there in uh, Chattanooga. He can take care of you, donself.net, donself.net. All right, Caleb. So I've been told two things, and I'll tell you what I'm told by those in the know. And I've been told two things. One is that somehow Louisville got together some more money, and they were able to talk Tyler Barron and to Mary McDonald into flipping after they just recently committed as transfers to Ole Miss. I had someone else that told me that, no, the funds may not be there. Um, and someone else tell me that he, he ran them off because the Alabama guys. Either way, isn't that a terrible, terrible look in recruiting? There is, there is no... Know... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's no way... Lane Kiffin comes out of this looking good. There's no scenario you can play in your head in which Lane Kiffin comes out looking good. Because you're right. Either he opened an NIL checkbook to get Tyler Barron and Tamaria McDonald. And by the way, a third Ole Miss, uh, a third transfer to Ole Miss has flipped to Louisville. Um, just recently happened. His name was Tavion Nicholson. Um, he had he was an Illinois transfer, flipped transferred to Ole Miss in December, and now he's flipped to Louisville too. So the, that leads me to believe this. I will say this. Part of this is the most the, the most obvious answer to me is I actually think the most likely one is Louisville's, for some reason, I don't know why them, they're opening up checkbooks and they're going after Ole Miss guys because they know the Ole Miss guys aren't that loyal because they know those Ole Miss guys left over left for NIL funds. Um, the only way this, the only way Lane maybe comes out of this looking good is that maybe they did promise to Mary McDonald and Tavion Nicholson and Tyler Barron some money. Those guys went there, and then when he realized the Alabama thing opened, Tyler, those guys were trying to negotiate between what Louisville was offering and what Ole Miss was offering, and Lane Kiffin was like, you know what? I'll let them go follow the NIL money to Louisville because that way I can go get the Alabama guys. So maybe he didn't push them off because of that, to be fair to Lane. Maybe he just lost them. Um, either way, Maybe he willingly bad. lost them. Because here's what happens for those that know, don't know. And, and the way the transfer portal works, you can enter it, but your scholarship is not held at your previous school. So Tyler Barron, if 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 Lane said, hey, uh, Nick Saban got fired, I'm sorry, we think there are better defensive ends out there. Tyler Barron can't pick up the phone and call Josh Heupel and say, hey, uh, I'd like to come back if you don't care. I mean, that's not the way it works. You don't have to hold their scholarship uh, open. Uh, one of our better posters, SC Scout guy, says on South Carolina Sports Radio this morning, they had an old Miss guest that flat out said their NIL is completely out of money and overpromised to some kids, and they are scrambling to find money. That's what I was told. But then I was told by somebody else that it could be a situation where he's running off people for Alabama. You, you want my theory? I think he overpromised based off what I've been told. I'm kind of trusting one source over the other, okay? I think that he overpromised. Um, they realized that the money wouldn't be there because we saw Jaden Rashada at Florida show up and there's no cash, right? So now you've got to be smart enough to, to get the money before you get enrolled or technically spend your first night on campus is what the stipulation used to be for enrolled. So I think that he overpromised and didn't have the money. They found that out and then they fell to a third tier program, which is Louisville. So Lane Kiffin steps into your living room with your son, who may be a starter at Tennessee or is at least a part of the rotation. And Tennessee could be 
in the college football playoff and playing for a national championship on the rise. And you tell him, I'm going to give you a bazillion dollars. That bazillion dollars is not there. So now he's playing for Louisville and the ACC. And listen, I don't think Tyler Barron is the best apple in the bunch. I don't think he's a bad dude. I just don't think he takes coaching. And I think he thinks he's a little bit better than he is. But the bottom line is, Lane Kiffin talked a young man into what essentially is a third-tier program at, at Louisville. I mean, that's below the second tier of SEC in my mind. Would you agree or disagree that it's Tennessee, yes, it's- Miss, and Louisville, if you were to rank those three? Yes, and our, for our younger fans out there who think that, no, Louisville's better because they played for the ACC title this year. They lost to Kentucky. They lost to Kentucky. Not blowing out Louisville is why Florida State wasn't in the college football playoff because everybody knew that Louisville was not a good team this year. And I, by the way, Jeff Brom, great coach. I actually wanted – I thought Tennessee would have been best to hire Jeff Brom in 2017 when that whole disaster of a coaching search happened. Brilliant offensive mind. Um, but I do think Lane Kiffin – I think Louisville is clearly a third-tier position. I mean, this is a school that wasn't Power 5 10, 15 years ago that we're talking about. And so I think – look, Dave, if he did this, there's no coming back from it. Because if he can't win this year with what he's got, who's going to commit? Who's going to take a chance transferring to him? No, and you're and, and I think Tennessee saw some of this in the transfer portal. An eight win season makes it tougher to pick up guys in the portal. But Tennessee, yep. fortunately, they needed to keep their own guys, so it kind of worked itself out. But what happens if Lane Kiffin puts up an eight win season? when he tries to go out and get transfers next year, and that very well could happen. Uh, Caleb, tell me that before I tell you or after I tell you about Don Self. Customer service still matters when you're trying to file that claim. That's when customer service matters, not when you're shopping around for the best price. And I know everybody's doing that in insurance, but if you're in Chattanooga, do me a favor. Go to donself.net, donself.net. Know that you're taken care of by an awesome agency with over 40 years of experience. So if, if Lane Kiffin hosts an eight-win season, and I want to go ahead and say, uh, be sure and attach Lane Kiffin when we uh, tweet this video out, because I like Lane on a personal level, and I think I, I would like for things to work out for him. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. If he has an eight-win season this year, then it makes the transfer portal, which Ole Miss has to depend on, but struggles to depend on for lack of money, it makes that more difficult heading into 2025. That could be where it starts to spiral out of control. And then Lane Kiffin, who I think is positioning himself, himself for the Florida job. Then Lane Kiffin, if he if he things don't go well at Ole Miss, where is he? Where is he at that point? What kind of job is he getting at that point? Are we talking about Central Michigan type jobs? I mean, what type of jobs are we talking about? Lane is hopping on a faulty rocket ship to the moon. And he's either going to go make it to the moon or he's going to fall <laughs> flat on his face. He's going to fall to earth and, and just he's, explode. Like, he, he's the SpaceX. The two first rockets crashed. And the third one, <laughs> if it didn't go, they were going to go bankruptcy. Have you heard that Elon yeah. story? Okay. So oh, I, I, did. I saw that. Is this his third one? Is this his third he's, rocket? He is shooting – Lane Kiffin is shooting his shot for 2024. 
And he is willingly lighting his career on fire if it doesn't work out. Because shooter, what, shooter. yeah, Dave is this is literally he's at the blackjack table, all his chips are in. Are they not? I mean, all of his chips are in on 2024. I mean, he's either going to go home and have to tell his wife he lost the house gambling, or he's going to walk out a multimillionaire. It's it's one or the other at this point, isn't it? Uh yeah. No, I, I, I think it is. I think all, it, all the chips are in the table. I think that this Alabama class, and we're going to get to Alabama and all the transfer issues that they're having, I think that's very, very key as well. Uh, Mead Drinker asks, is Lane interested in Michigan if uh, Hardball <laughs> leaves? Um, I don't think he's anywhere close to getting considered by Michigan for two reasons. One he hasn't had enough success to take over a program that just won a national championship. And two, although I think they're a little bit pretentious about it, they might have an issue with the younger girlfriend and some other things that have gone on his past. That's why he wouldn't get the Alabama job. I can just tell you that right up front. Alabama would never hire him because of that specific reason. Um, they have it. Let you and I know it, Dave. Alabama's already gotten burned by a coach who has some who had some women issues pretty badly. Um, although Ole Miss didn't care after Hugh Freeze, they went for Lane Kiffin, but Lane Kiffin didn't do what Hugh Freeze did. So I'm going to be fair on that. But yeah, Michigan has a Michigan does have a little bit. They kind of like their coach to be a little more. They don't like splashy coaches, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They don't like big personality coaches. They kind of want the old standard like fielding Yost, you know, straight laced. Um, type of guy. Uh, so I think that, yeah, Lane wouldn't fit in Michigan where he'd fit. And I've told you guys this before, Florida or Miami, he, either one of those slay places. It. He'd slay it. He would slay it. Could you imagine Lane at Miami? <laughs> Lane and Coral um, Gables. Yeah, because I've, uh, yeah, he would slay it. Cause he has connections there because he was at Florida Atlantic. I think he would do really well uh sports treasures carrying over five million sports treasures and so much more follow on facebook for the best sports memorabilia they have daily updates if you go to facebook.com and follow them at sports treasures tn please do that sports treasures tn why because their daily updates which includes ball memorabilia is fantastic uh really awesome in north knoxville sports treasures so lane kiffin ends up at a uh when he retires and I'm not talking about like your. I, I was doing some research on a story, and some of these guys end up at like, uh, I don't know. Like I saw Jerry Glanville was a coach at some Southwest Mississippi Missouri State just because he likes to coach. I mean, it's not about the money. He's a coach, and that's what he does. He's like 78 years old. But his. Okay, let me let me just ask it like this: Will Ole Miss be the last? Well. Will it be the last good job that he has? Or will he have, if you had to choose between the two, will he eventually have a job better than Ole Miss? Which you and I would agree, Florida is better than Ole Miss. Um, some of the other schools that he reached out to, LSU, better than Ole Miss. Alabama, which he would love, but wasn't going to get, better than Ole Miss. So is has Lane Kiffin hit the high water mark as far as a coaching job? First off, love your Jerry Glanville reference. I actually bring him up in my Nick Saban video. He is the big reason Nick Saban's good at in-game adjustments because Jerry Glanville did not believe in scripting a play a, a game. He just called it as he reacted to it. He also it didn't believe it. in Kevin Gilbride because he punched the hell out of him. All right, so uh, <laughs> so on the um, sideline, how awesome was that? 
That's pretty awesome. Are pretty you epic. old enough? Are you too young to remember that? Mm, yes. Oh, you gotta look that up. He punched him on the side. The defense, the defensive coordinator punched the offensive coordinator on the sidelines. All right, go ahead. Um, okay, so For the offensive coordinator punched the defense coordinator. Go ahead. Last week, I would have said no. I would have said that what Ole Miss is doing is going to propel Lane Kiffin into like the Florida job or something like that. This week, I'm saying yes because here's what I said. What I what did I say a little while ago? All the chips in the table, one or the other. Well, now the cards are being laid, and he's got a really bad hand with the cards that are being laid right now because of what's happening right now with Ole Miss in the portal. So the risking of lighting his career on fire, what I talk about, I mean, he had already doused himself in the oil and the match is like right over there. The match is lit. And I mean, it's getting very close because I don't know how you think, think Dave, I don't think Dave wanted, I don't think Lane wanted to lose Tyler Barron, maybe the other two, but Tyler Barron's a good player. And so that's why I don't think he he would not have run Tyler Barron off. I don't, Alabama included, I don't think any program in the SEC would run Tyler Barron off. And I say Alabama included, well, maybe Georgia, okay? But I say Alabama included because they're losing so many people right now. But other than Georgia, what SEC program wouldn't take Tyler Barron? I mean, he's been a solid, not great, but solid player. Exactly. And so that's the telling point to me that this isn't him going for better players from Alabama. He's he I'm 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 on the he overpromised and now he's losing guys because of it. So because of that yes this is his last great job. Yes this is his last great job. And by the way, I'm not so sure that he won't get fired from Ole Miss because this is something that unravels the program very quickly if you don't win and I don't think they're going to win a lot in 2024 now. I don't think they're done losing players that they picked up. Ouch. Uh, Harold Group Security Solutions Leadership Experience Specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques. That means they can make your workspace safer. Uh, they can also make your children's school safer. Uh, they're working with private schools right now, public schools soon, and we want to avoid the next tragedy. We're talking about highly trained individuals that will protect your workplace or your children's school. That's Harold Group Security Solutions. You can just Google them. Harold, two R's, two L's, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, or go to haroldgrp.com, haroldgrp.com. Have you enjoyed it all watching Alabama fans? I don't like seeing people suffer. I don't for the most part. But have you enjoyed it all watching Alabama fans kind of flop around a little bit in uh, frustration, particularly their boosters who aren't accustomed to having to pay athletes to come to the University of Alabama. What are your thoughts on where Alabama is right now from a booster perspective and having to play the NIL game, which they didn't have to play as strongly with Nick Saban in place? I enjoy, and I even enjoyed it for Tennessee, and y'all can hate me for saying this, but I enjoy when any fan base thinks that because of who they are, they're entitled to win and they don't have to do anything to make themselves win. And uh, I.E. Jerry Jones. Um, I think that Alabama, uh, Tennessee was this way for a long time. They felt they were entitled to 10 wins because they did it in the 90s and that they didn't have to do anything to win 10 games. Alabama has felt that way for Alabama's culture has been that way for a long time. It was that way before Nick Saban, and it's this way after Nick Saban. They don't have a top 20 NIL collective, guys. Let me say that again. 
They're not even in the top 20. Worse, they're not in the top nine in the SEC. They may not be in the top 10, but there were nine SEC schools starting next year that have NIL collectives in the top 20. Alabama's not one of them. So at the best, they'll be 10th in the SEC at NIL collective. Nick Saban retired right after the transfer portal closed. I'm sorry. After he after he insisted that it wasn't a health issue, I, th- I firmly believe that, and I question the timing. I'm thoroughly convinced he retired because he's annoyed with the boosters not cobbling up the NIL money that they need to cobble up to get players. I am thoroughly convinced of that now. He, was, he basically probably said, I can get it. The Saban discount helps, but it only goes so far. And I think that's why he stepped down. I think Alabama boosters, and again, Tennessee was this way for a long time, but Alabama boosters sit on a high horse and say, don't you guys know we're Alabama? You should be grateful to commit to us and play for us at Alabama because we are just amazing. Yeah, that's not going to work. What's happened to Notre Dame? There's a reason Notre Dame doesn't have a national title since 1989 because they have operated like that with actually 1988. They've operated with that culture for 40 years now of we're Notre Dame. You should be thankful to come play for us. That's not how it works in 2024. And Alabama boosters are downright delusional. They may be worse than Jimmy Haslam, who's the worst booster of all time. Well, and and don't forget this, too, that these budgets are set going into the year. That's not to say that some huge uh, company in Tuscaloosa or Birmingham couldn't come up with more cash. But a lot of times these marketing budgets are set. And Alabama's, you can look it up if you want to, but their athletic budget is even higher than Tennessee's. And um that, that there was a stat that I read last summer that because of Nick Saban, their enrollment was up 30% uh, during his tenure. So he's helped the whole university and boosters have helped build up the university, but now they're going to be asked to allocate some of those funds to NIL money. I mean, I know this from working in business uh, running off the hook sports you know, things don't always happen the second you want them to happen. So, uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer might want an extra $100,000 to spend on a defensive tackle from Arizona, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, especially if it's more like $2 million for the entire class. And some of that money you need to keep guys in place. Because, listen, if I'm a borderline guy and I thought Nick Saban was going to turn me into an elite um an elite NFL player, sure, I'd take less money. But once he's gone, I mean, there are times you got to think about your family. And we are getting to the point, Caleb, we're talking about life-changing money for more positions than just quarterback. We're talking about some guys are getting so much money that if you invest it right, then you're pretty good for the rest of your life. Um, So I I just don't know that Alabama is going to be able to up and do that, and their boosters are going to be able to do it snap of a finger might happen eventually but i don't think it's going to happen tomorrow no it won't and let's talk about delusions for a second because dave you cover two coaching hires back to back at tennessee and you know mike i just want to bring this up i actually give mike hamilton credit for the lane kiffin hire because he wasn't trying to rest on laurels at tennessee he was trying to go for the splash and change the culture at tennessee immediately now he got burned with the bad contracts and it didn't work out what happens after that you've told me this the boosters take over doesn't the Derek Dooley hire happen solely because boosters at that time thought this is Tennessee and we can win with any coach no matter what? Yes. That's exactly what happened. They thought Derek Dooley would work out because they're Tennessee. So it doesn't matter that Derek Dooley is not that good of a coach. They're Tennessee. 
they can win anyway. Now that being said, I think that Alabama did a great job of handling their coaching search, right? You're not they did an amazing up. job. I mean, they wrapped that thing up in what 48 out 72 hours. Well, Greg Byrne had a lot more leeway than, as you know, Mike Hamilton had in 2010 with Dooley because Greg Byrne, they like the Nate Oates hire. Whatever you think about what's happened on the basketball program, I, I believe he hired Nate Oates. Um, they are, they're fans of that. And so he hasn't been, you know, I, that's where I think, for instance, with Mal Moore, what people don't know is to Alabama Boosters credit, they borderline took that coaching search away from Mal Moore. They basically told him, don't come home without Nick Saban, didn't they? And Paul Bryant Jr. was like, here's a blank check. Get us Nick Saban. And that's kind of how they got him. But I do think they think, I think delusions of boosters and fans can unravel a program more than anything else because people and fans think, and it bothers me to know when I don't like fan bases that do this. And that's why, yeah, people are calling me out. It annoyed me when Tennessee fans were doing this. It did. When you think because of what your program is, you're entitled to a certain number of wins every year and you don't have to do anything extra. That's when you fall. The Lady Vols. I'm sorry, their culture right now is causing this. They think they're entitled to national championships. So all they have to do is hire former Lady Vols to continue the summit way. And it's not working. And I think Alabama boosters are thinking the exact same way right now. They think we're Alabama. We're entitled to titles. We don't have to cobble up NIL money. Let me ask you this. If you're the SEC, how much do you want Alabama to at least be somewhat similar to what they've been under Saban? How much does that help the SEC? Let's say Kalen DeBoer's there 17 years and he wins two or three championships, which would be commendable. There would be nothing wrong with that at all. But it's not Saban-like because the Nate Oates not being suspended makes me think, and I never think this, and I know a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, some probably on our message board do, so maybe I'm naive, but I, I don't think that, for the most part, the SEC looks out for one program. But a lot of people think the SEC looks out for Alabama. Not suspending Nate Oates makes me think they look out for Alabama. Well, no, they look out for teams that could give them you, – you're talking about this year. Yeah, that, that's, that was embarrassing. They look out for teams that could give – that can help them on a national scale and draw ratings, and Alabama in basketball is good right now. And so it does seem like they're looking out for Alabama for that reason. You wonder, do you think Greg Sinke made an emotional decision and just feels bad for Alabama fans right now? So he doesn't want to lay, he doesn't want to hurt them a little any harder with the NATO suspension because there should be a NATO suspension. And by the way, Nick Saban can deny it all day long because he's going to deny it. He was lying when he said he wasn't taking a shot at NATO last year with his, there's no wrong place, wrong time. I don't believe him for one second. Do you Dave? When he said that, uh, no, I think he was clearly taking a shot at Nate Oates. And, and remind those for, for that might not remember, he said that right after the. So the Brandon Miller incident, Nate Oates came out and said Brandon Miller was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Which I'm not saying you suspend Brandon Miller, but you say something better than that, okay? Nick Saban came out and suspended a player for spring practice a month later and said there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. And then he said later, I wasn't taking a shot at Nate Oates. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. You were sending the Alabama Athletic Department a message. We need to be, we need, we can't let this happen. And I think Nick Saban, I will say this, this is, it's kind of interesting. You brought it up and this is another topic for another day, but I think it's going to be a lot easier to get the SEC scheduled to nine games now without Nick Saban as a coach trying to point. force it. But so, yeah, I think that's going to be easier. But as far as Alabama boosters go, I mean, 
They, and I talk different from boosters and fans. Okay, college football, Dave, you know this. It's, it's a sport of the boost. There's two types of college basketball is a sport for the fans. You know, college basketball, you make the hire for the, for the people that are in the student section cheering and going loud, right? College football decisions are made based on – they're made on the golf course, aren't they? They're made based yes. on the boosters and the coaches on the golf course. And the golf course – I'm sorry. The students in the student section are brighter than the people on the golf course. They're smarter than the people on the golf course always. And I think Alabama – Tennessee's boosters weren't that bright back in the day, and Alabama's boosters ain't that bright now. They – I'm telling you guys this. They want the coach they can golf with and talk about how great Alabama is and how lucky he is to be there and how lucky players would be to go play at Alabama. But they don't want to cobble up any NIL money to do it because they don't think they have to. And it's going to burn them. All right, it's time for our five favorite minutes. Uh, opportunity to talk about what you want to talk about. We love doing that because you've been fantastic in supporting our sponsors. They're right down below. And please do so. All of our sponsors, uh, I will repeat this, our, our, our advertisers or our businesses that we would use to, if, we, if we needed their business or have used in the past. So we like to bring you our recommendation, uh, not just because uh, we work together with them. So we want to give you an opportunity at the, uh, at, during every program to uh, steer the narrative a little bit. What would you like to talk about? And a great topic right off the top is, uh, nope, that was the wrong one. Uh, sorry. Um, Derek says, Caleb wears diapers. Shut up, buddy. Good topic. Good topic, Derek. Good job. Derek knew the life album from Yo Gotti earlier. So he, he's, <laughs> I, I still give him a break. Not as many people know that album. Um, so <laughs> whatever. I, rem- I, I have forgot for those who think I'm too young. I know more about the football guy. I know more about y'all's era of watching football than y'all know, because I'm a history expert. Okay. I know what Dave was thinking about uh, football in 1991 more than Dave knows what Dave was thinking about. Well, Derek was joking. You get so defensive. Look at him. He's look. He's saying right there. He's. I'm joking, guys. I love y'all. So I still throw shots. What was it? Kenya said from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Don't come for me unless I send for you. <laughs> That's interesting. Um. All right. I like how modest Caleb is. So we'll discuss uh, Caleb's me modesty here me for too. a second. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, I let me let me get this. Uh, he's serious, this dude. You didn't know who Grant Winstrom was. Uh, all right, we're not going to get into a battle of who knows more. Well played, would, well played, I, Derek. I would probably bet on Caleb. Uh, but Derek, but, I know who Harvey. Do you do you know about the Harvey Robinson era at Tennessee? Yes. Do. Who doesn't? <laughs> I've got the Harvey Robinson book. It's an, actually an encyclopedia that somebody came and sold to me back in the 50s when I was uh, 10 years old. I just bought it. Um, the, uh, okay, let's go this direction based off of our message board. What's realistic for Alabama over the next 10 years? A championship, multiple championships, no championships. What will they do over the next 10 years? Not even realistic. What will they do with Kalen DeBoer there? And this has nothing to do with following Nick Saban because I don't believe that has anything to do with it. But in general, still zero, zero, because they don't have the NIL collective that they need. And Alabama is not, here's a big thing, and I want to point this out. Pure infrastructure of a program, Alabama is not a tier one job. It's a tier one B job because it's not as easy of a job as Georgia, LSU, or Ohio State. And that's a big deal. 
Jason so, says no championship. Rob says none. SC Scout guy says I think they'll win one championship and two SEC titles. I'm going to give you a very specific reason why, I, why I'm going zero. Because I think Georgia and Alabama have flip-flopped. I think that Georgia had a, a guy in Mark Richt, offensive mind, above average offensive coach, correct? But not elite, right? Above average. I, would, I might say elite. I thought he was a great offensive mind, okay. honestly. Okay, well, great. Okay, we'll go great. Alabama at the same time had who? A guy named Nick Saban, which is unquestionably an elite defensive coach, right? Right. They're, they flip-flop. Alabama now has a good, maybe great, offensive coach, and Georgia has an elite defensive coach. So I don't think they overcome Georgia anytime soon, much less the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are coming in, and I think Texas has something cooking. I'm not sure about Oklahoma yet. I don't think he wins a championship. I think it ends in five years and disappointment with him getting fired. I agree. I also think, and let me add, let me, sorry to interrupt. I think he's a better program builder than championship winner. And I think a lot of things broke his way. I, I didn't, don't think there was a great team in college football this past year that allowed them to have the success they had at Washington. And I think he's a program builder. I don't, I don't think he's a championship. So he's Johnny Majors. Literally Johnny Majors, who was a program builder. Um, I'm with you on that. Now, I think he won't win it, but I don't think any coach would win it at Alabama now. I don't think there's a coach outside of an established home run hire who would win it because of their infrastructure, the program that I talked about. Meanwhile, Georgia. Well, if they hired Urban Meyer. That's why I said who's uh, outside of an established home run hire. Okay. Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, and Nick Saban would win national championships at Alabama right now. And maybe Kirby Smart. And that's what, that's what I wanted to bring up real quick. Not only is Georgia about to – have they flipped? I think Georgia could be on the precipice if they can get their discipline under control. They, they could be on the precipice of a dynasty greater than what Nick Saban ran. Because without Alabama – you guys do realize Georgia would have had three straight undefeated seasons if Alabama wasn't in – if they didn't play Alabama two of the last three years. They'd have three straight undefeated seasons. Alabama's the only thing that stood in their way. They're not standing in their way now with Nick Saban gone. And Georgia, not only does Alabama not have the talent to beat Georgia, Georgia's getting the talent from Alabama that would have had the talent to beat them. So Georgia's actually doubling up on talent. I'm sorry, guys. I think Caleb Downs is a lock for Georgia. You guys can call me crazy on that, but I think Kirby Smart. Dave, doesn't... For those that don't know who Caleb Downs is. Alabama safety under the transfer portal, elite player. I think Kirby Smart, because he... There was no greater Saban protege in terms of coaching defensive backs than Kirby Smart. Is that fair to say, Dave? If you want your kid to go into the NFL as a defensive player, you play for Kirby Smart, right? No doubt. And Kirby Smart, not on offense, but on defense, there is a, there's a smart discount coming. There's a Kirby Smart discount, I think, that exists now to go play at Georgia for NIL, to sacrifice it. And what I mean by that is I think players, defensive players are sacrificing NIL money to go play for Kirby Smart. And I think that's only going to continue. I am one who called the Mike Bobo hire stupid. I think he's a terrible offensive coordinator. I don't think it matters. I think Georgia's entering an era like Alabama in 2011 when they had Jim McElwain and could still win national championships. Their offense was awful and way too conservative after halftime in a lot of situations. I thought that was Nick Saban's Achilles heel, that that would slip up and beat him early in his career because I thought he would sit on leads too much. Now, obviously, he evolved and 
and they were just that good where they held on to games. I always think of the 2009 Tennessee game as an example of that, where I thought he kind of sat on it a little bit. Yeah, but um, also Mark Ingram fumbled when he never fumbles. It was that was the most fluke fumble of all time. Well, but in general, I just thought that Nick Saban would sit on leads early in his career, and he he got away from that. Um, great show today. Ron Slay, by the way, was on a flight, uh, so he texted me. So we, we didn't get Ron, but uh, do me a favor and uh, go ahead and uh, hit that like and subscribe button. And before you're out of here, I want to ask you to do this. Turn your notifications on so you get the latest from Off the Hook Sports. And uh, be sure and follow on Twitter because you can watch it there as well at OTH Sports Media or at the Dave Hooker or at Caleb Calhoun. Follow all of that. And uh, if you would like, if you have someone that's a Tennessee fan that uh, might have a birthday coming up, Celebrate 98 book is available right down below. So check that out as well. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation. When I love the one thing. I wish we had time to get into that. Would Mark Stoops have been a better hire than Caleb DeBoer? We'll discuss that tomorrow. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.